0: Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Live Free Podcast, episode number nine today, and we're going to be diving right into Tennessee and the market there. Uh, This is Mike here with JD. How are we doing today, JD?
1: I am doing well. Recently, off of a trip to Nashville, and with all I hear about the Tennessee market consistently, um, get listings sent to me all the time of sick A-frames and mountain houses in, in different areas of Tennessee. I figured it was only right to uh, do a little episode on some of the hottest markets in that state.
0: It, it only seems right. Um, before we start off anything, um, we do ask that if you guys learn something or if you enjoy your time listening, that you do write us a review. Um, but other than that, J.D., why do you personally like Tennessee? What's, what's the hype about it in your eyes? Yeah, review the podcast, subscribe, it's your life, do it or don't, all good. But I'll tell you guys a
1: little bit about Tennessee. Um, so I've been there a couple times I've been to Gatlinsburg when I was young uh, I'll tell you a little story about that I've just recently was in Nashville um, totally understood where Morgan Wallen comes from at this point and really it, in all seriousness the reason the Nashville market caught my attention more than than a lot of things that I've seen is the, the demographic of people going there and kind of how that plays into profitability within the Airbnb space and then with the the modern houses that you're seeing in Gatlinsburg and some of these other markets, these houses are just beautiful. They're so instagram bold. They're exactly what you want to look at on Instagram. But the real question is, are these the things you want to buy and put your money in? So I really want to break that down on this episode, just some uh, quick math we did on a lot of these places, and share with everyone what, what the hype is about or not about.
0: Yeah, I mean, everything you said there, I totally agree with. It all sounds just, just about right. Um, all right, so today we're actually going to uh, dive a little bit and in deep into three different um, Tennessee markets. Um, those being uh, Gatlinburg, Chattanooga, and Nashville. Um, big one there. Um, JD's going to go through two of them. I'll do the last one, and then, yeah, we'll just kind of work it out from there. Um, so let's start off with, with Nashville, Tennessee. Um, what's What's the hype there? What's up with it? Yeah, so Nashville is a
1: super interesting market. And that's really the experience base, just the experience that you're going to get when you're down in Nashville. So it's a town full of music, entertainment. I, the, the best way I could describe it to someone is it's really a, such a huge mix of Vegas and Louisiana and Taylor Swift. So you get the the kind of that party, high energy experience you would get in Vegas. There's so much entertainment. You get that kind of bourbon street, just ridiculous street drinking that you get uh, down in Louisiana. And then on top of that, the music scene is just really strong. There's there's so much entertainment, so many live performers. Um, It's just a really fun place. And I would say no offense to some of those other places, but it's a much classier place um in a sense it depends on who you're hanging out with there but it's a, a much classier place to go have fun and i totally see the hype after being there um and being down there for a bachelor party this weekend
0: yeah how was that pretty fun
1: yeah i had a lot of fun um i heard the song broadway girls by morgan wallen about eighteen thousand times uh which i'm not mad about and really so what intrigued me while i was there so i i did attend a bachelor party, but I spent a lot of my time looking at open houses, connecting with other investors and, and trying to get a pulse on that market. So there's a couple interesting things that I learned. And I was initially intrigued by the fact that there are those bachelor and bachelor parties, you have large groups of people who all usually come from places that they're getting well paid, they're going to be forced to go to this thing because they're celebrating a friend. And really, it's a fun place. So when you mix the fact that you have an experience with a way for people to split the bill, um, with an emotionally driven purchase, I just think that's the, the trifecta of profitability in a market.
0: Um, yeah, okay. Um, and then you did stay at an Airbnb there, is that correct? I did, yeah. And it was about three miles
1: uh, outside of Broadway, the main street there where all the entertainment goes on. Um, let me tell you guys a little bit about Broadway uh, if you haven't been there. So this strip just has dozens and dozens of restaurants and bars and things to do there are buses driving around and different they're all decorated differently there was a, a fire truck a tractor um, all types of different cool animated things that you could hop on and kind of have your own like party bus it's just a really fun place to be um with an, an endless amount of things to do uh, and we also hit an arcade just out of town that was really fun so there's a lot of fun to be had in Nashville. It's, it's definitely not somewhere that I would necessarily want to live, at least not in that action. But if you're going there for a couple of days with some friends, I think you'd have a great time.
0: All right. Well, now I'm jealous, and I'm going to have to go there. Um, and uh, can we talk a little bit about how your Airbnb experience was when you were there? Um, what was, like, the price on it and how many people were there and things like that?
1: Yeah, so I didn't book the Airbnb, but what I can guess from what i Chipped in for for it was that we probably paid about five thousand dollars for the weekend, maybe a little more. Wow! Um, of course, the first thing I did as soon as I saw the address of the Airbnb was look it up on Zillow. <laughs> yep. And the cool thing about that market is it's very similar to Philadelphia, and I'll break that down for you guys in the sense that the new construction houses there—they're usually four bedrooms, three to four bathrooms, super modern, super clean, uh, roof decks that overlook the city skyline. It's just the the houses are amazing. Um, I looked up the one on that, that they had gotten. They bought it a few years back, which is a great investment. They bought it for around $560,000. Uh, today, it's worth about 850000 And that's definitely both attributable to the market. But also, just like Philadelphia, and maybe even more so, there's so much development going on in Nashville. And those neighborhoods are primarily either a ton of new construction development or they are empty houses, empty lots waiting to be built. And if it's already housed there, I don't want to offend anyone, but they're mostly cracked ends or low income, and they're very dangerous. I found out on day th- three out of four that the Airbnb we were staying in is in one of the top five most incarcerated neighborhoods in the country.
0: Wild, absolutely wild. Um, but it was like pretty clean and-, and nice around there, though, you would say?
1: Yeah, I mean, anything that was developed was really nice. Like, I think if, if you're staying in an Airbnb, and this is, again, what plays into the market being kind of interesting to get into, is if you're three miles outside of the main attractions, you're partying at your place, and then you're airbnb into town. So to me, it doesn't really, or you're Ubering into town, excuse me. So to me, it doesn't really matter if it's super, I don't want to say it doesn't matter that it's high crime, but it doesn't matter if the neighborhood's not all the way there yet. Uh, because most people won't feel that impact. Now, I was walking to and from the bars because I was on the 75 hard and not drinking and needed to do two workouts. So for me, walking home, I definitely uh, turned back and looked over my shoulder a lot more times after finding out what the neighborhood was like. And you can kind of feel it. So I definitely wouldn't say that it's not noticeable, um, kind of the, the poverty that's around and what's there. But there's also just as much, if not more, just really beautiful sights to see in Nashville, and it's, it's a great place to be.
0: Wow, okay, yeah, still s- super jealous. Um, all right, so but the market as a whole, what, what are these like, what are the, sort of the type of houses that you're seeing there just in this market?
1: Yeah, so a lot of what I was seeing was the new construction stuff. Obviously, there's stuff that's super pricey. Um, I looked at a couple open houses that were in the seven to $900,000 range while I was there. They have parking. They have the rooftop deck overlooking the skyline. There's, some, there's definitely some really cool places over in Nashville. Um, if you're looking for something cheaper, it's very likely that you're either going to be in one of those super dangerous uh, blocks where you really don't want to own a rental right now. And it's very unlikely that it's going to develop or change um, in time for you to... To see it before it gets burnt down whereas uh the other option would be buy a one-bedroom condo for say four hundred thousand dollars to six hundred thousand dollars when we're talking like 600 square feet so really what interested me was the new construction roof deck uh primed for those bachelor bachelorette party
0: experiences everything you would want in an airbnb um are, are these houses would you say they're tailored towards families or you think they're they're built and tailored towards Somebody buying and renting it out?
1: They are 100% tailored towards groups and specifically bachelor bachelorette parties. And the reason I keep coming back to that is there are so many times where I asked a million different people there where people live like, who lives in here? Who stays in these places? Who lives in that building? What's going on there? I could not find a soul that lived in Nashville. And I was going to the more touristy parts, but as a guest, uh, that's what you wanna know, that's what you wanna see as someone who's investing in an area where you're gonna to get tourists. These neighborhoods are almost all rentals to Airbnbs or they are very poverty-stricken places. So it's, it's very polarizing, um, not a single soul lives there. Um, every, every Uber driver lived outside of town. Um, so it's, it's very different dynamic than what I'm used to.
0: Oh, okay. Very interesting. Um, how was the uh, just the normal stuff like public transport um, and then you touched on a little bit of nightclub life. How was, how was that?
1: Yeah, so I think you're going to Uber around. It's not that expensive. Um, there's, there is some public transit but there wasn't anything at least that stuck out in my eye that was going to be worth it over Ubering. The downtown area, they're just super modern bars with a ton of stuff to do. Um, these these places are four stories, packing as many people as you could possibly imagine. Um, there's something going on at all hours of the day. Uh, it it literally feels like a fantasy land when you're down
0: there. Sounds sounds super amazing as always. Um, you want to jump into a little bit of the numbers you've been seeing there?
1: Yeah, sure. So the numbers there are surprisingly, drum roll, not that great. And now wow. what I did to, to kind of come up with that, and I encourage anyone who listens to this podcast who's a, a huge fan of Tennessee to challenge me on that. Um, I'm not the, the expert of Tennessee. I just like diving into the numbers on Airbnbs and seeing what I can find. So if, if you know what you're doing there, please reach out to me. We'd love to either have you on the pod or just I'll DM with you and kind of figure out what's going on. But from what I found to, to get a house that's going to rent um, pretty well, So I found a couple houses. I picked the top performing Airbnbs in some of these fringe neighborhoods, which have much better numbers than what you're going to purchase directly, directly in the action. I'm talking about a half mile to a mile off of Broadway uh, or is what I was looking at. And I was finding one and a half million dollar purchase prices to try to find a house comparable to the top Airbnbs. And these houses ended up bringing in maybe $125,000 a year, which at the end of the day, if you're keeping maybe seventy-five thousand dollars after you're paying management, cleaning, all that good stuff, um, all the expenses that come with an Airbnb, seventy-five thousand dollars in profit on one and a half million dollar purchase is just—it doesn't cut it for me, uh, especially compared to the strength of the Poconos market and the Philadelphia market that we've been seeing and. Um, I'm hoping you're gonna ask me about
0: regulations at some point there. I was going to um, Yeah, so for permits are there I also want to ask you about HOAs too, but we'll, we'll start with permits um, Are there any permits and then what's the deal with that?
1: Yeah, so they just put into effect a permitting process very similar to what Philadelphia is doing and right now just in a one mile radius from the main action and broad, on Broadway you're seeing over a thousand airbnbs about 1100 to be exact and the permitting process has just changed where you have to be owner occupant and if you're not owner occupant there are very specific commercial zonings that you're going to need to be in the only other rule is that the houses that already have it are grandfathered in which is really sick and a little bit different than what philly has but now here's the thing with these grandfathered houses You cannot purchase a house that was Airbnb and still Airbnb it. When the property transfers, you lose those rights. So the only way around that, the loophole, is to purchase the business that owns the property. The problem with that is now you're not going to be able to get a home mortgage on a business to to purchase that business. So you're going to have to get really creative if you want to get in on these things. And chances are, if the owners are... Printing money like the way that they were. So, for example, this million and a half dollar house that I referenced now, maybe the owner got it for much less uh, in the past couple of years and got grandfathered in. They're not gonna. They're not gonna sell, uh, and you're not gonna want to buy at the price that they want, especially if you have to get super creative with the finance to try to make it a win-win. So, to me, the Nashville market is not one that I'd be entertained in.
0: Wow, that's a very interesting uh, touch point on that. Um... What about HOAs? Do they, do they have HOAs there? Or is that a big thing?
1: It's not a big thing. It's, it's fairly negligible um, from what I've seen. Uh, I, I wouldn't consider them as having an impact like they do in the, the Poconos market. Um, it's just, it's not a thing.
0: Okay, okay. Um, and then for the permits, are there limits to how many you can have even if you are grandfathered in? Or does that not really matter? It's just the grandfather piece?
1: Yeah, you know, I didn't look too deeply into the grandfathering in. Um, I would imagine, and I could be totally wrong, that if you already have your rentals that you're still allowed to operate. So people who got into this market early are in a very good spot, um, minus the the loss of an exit strategy. But to me, it doesn't matter. As, As an investor who's interested in this market, if I have to have it as my primary residence to be able to rent it, it just, I have no appetite.
0: Okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, so for, for Airbnb nightly rates, what are, what are we kind of looking at for, let's say like the lower side of, of the listings, like the bottom 50%, um, what kind of money are they pulling in?
1: So I would say that anything that is worthwhile renting there, um, for a, a decent sized group to have a good time, you're probably looking at 400 to $2,000 a night. It ranges pretty widely. Um, and um, of course that depends on how many guests you bring, I'm sure, but you're you're not touching a listing for less than probably five hundred a night.
0: That's wild. That's that's crazy. Um, but I mean, you, you go for the experience. That's why you do Airbnb in the first place. So totally, totally could work. Um, is there anything else you wanted to touch on for uh for Nashville before we move on to Chattanooga?
1: Yeah. Um, in the words <laughs> of Morgan Wallen, you leave those Broadway houses alone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Right. Um, All right, let's let's hop into Chattanooga then um, And I'd imagine there a lot of the stuff would be sort of the same um, Just because it is still Tennessee um, But let's let's jump into it um, Type of houses
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna surprise you here Mike Chattanooga is a very different market It is oh. a city uh, There are to put it into perspective We had over a thousand listings in a one mile radius in Nashville In Chattanooga, it's a fairly more developing market in the sense that there's over a 1,000 listings, about 1,100, in a seven-mile radius. So it takes a much, much larger circle to encapsulate the the same amount of supply, uh, which I found super interesting. Chattanooga is a much lower-priced market. And just to tell you a little bit about kind of what you can get in Chattanooga, you have anything from stays on a farm to tiny houses to tree houses to gorgeous mountain houses overlooking uh the city and the the mountain space there so what you're getting in chattanooga is a much different experience you're not just looking for a place to sleep to go out on broadway you're actually looking to kind of enjoy an experience
0: oh okay yeah yeah um what's the night night nightlife like there
1: so I haven't been to Chattanooga. So I couldn't tell you much about it. Um, it does seem like a small city vibe to me. And again, to put it in perspective, the population of all of Chattanooga is 181,000. It's and that covers a 143 square mile wow. uh, area. So for Philadelphia, in that same area size, so I learned this today, I was uh, well actually I was 28 years old when I learned that but I am 29 as of the recording an hour later. Let's go. And Philadelphia is 142 square miles in area and meaning Chattanooga is 1 mile larger but the population of Philadelphia is almost 1.6 million whereas Chattanooga was 180,000. So you have 10 times more wow. people in the same area making Philadelphia a lot more dense. So yeah. it's got to be hard for you to imagine as someone who lives in Philly and for me to try to imagine, I've been to some smaller cities, but Chattanooga is a, is a whole different monster than what I'm used to in the Philadelphia market.
0: That's, that's what it sounds like. Um, what are sort of like the price of these houses?
1: So Chattanooga has a really interesting dynamic in the sense that when I was, was poking around at different houses there, I was finding beauties that were 200000 like really nice remodeled oh, okay. or new construction homes, three bed, two bath. Um, digging in a little deeper, these neighborhoods are really rough. They are sort of like Nashville in that they are rented, primarily rented on Airbnb or they are poverty stricken. Um, the other parts of Tennessee where you get the really super sick mountain houses, these houses are very, very expensive. Um, they're for an elite class and you're looking at purchase prices of well over a million dollars. So there's, there's the spectrum in Chattanooga, I can tell you at least that
0: yeah that's very interesting um so i guess you can kind of just sort of get whatever you want there um whatever your budget is so you can find something that fits
1: yeah totally and there's there's all different types of of places you can get there and i think that's what makes the market interesting is the farm stays, the tiny houses the tree houses um chattanooga is, is situated along the tennessee river in the, the foothills of the appalachian mountains which means you have mountains there you have the river it has a zoo an aquarium like chattanooga is not something to sleep on in that sense. Uh, but we will dive into the numbers.
0: Oh, well, I was just going to say, let's get right into the numbers. Um, what are they looking like? A little better, I hope, than, uh, than Nashville. Yeah, so
1: in, in Nashville, I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of different inventory that would make sense because, like I said, the trifecta of people looking for an experience, willing to spend money and splitting it amongst a group is, is unique and that would, you would think would be where the money's at. In Chattanooga, with all the different outdoors experiences, there are kind of different things. And I think your best bet is staying in those lower price points. And that's, that's those two hundred to $300,000 houses that are close walk to downtown in the action, but also quick jet out in your car to a lot of the, the local natural attractions. Um, with those, it does get a little tricky. So I looked at them. Uh, I looked at some of the top listings. There's not a whole lot of data. Um, houses like that, that shows performance. Uh, I found a couple houses that were doing 20 to 25,000 in gross revenue. You're probably keeping 17,000 at the end of the day. Um, Occupancy at 70% on some of these top listings, but at the end of the day, 17,000 in net income on a 200 to $250,000 house. To me, that doesn't cut it. I look for rentals to have the 1% rule when it comes to net operating income. So to break that down for you guys, if you're buying a $500,000 house, I want you to have net operating income of $50,000. Um, here, that means if you're buying a $200,000 house, I want you to have net operating income of $20,000. So fifteen dollars to $17,000 in net income is, is just not going to cut it in, in my book. Now, keep in mind, this is a growing market, an emerging market. It's n- not something to write off totally the way that I think Nashville should kind of be written off, but <sighs> Chattanooga, man it'll uh it'll it'll tug at your heartstrings
0: sometimes they do sometimes the best ones do um i'm sure there's there's some some places there people can find that'll make money but it might just be a little harder than uh, let's say the poconos huh
1: totally and that's that's a great disclaimer there mike is that <laughs> if you're a market expert you're diving into this place you know what you're doing um there's there's no doubt that you can find a house that will make money um there's ways you can play it that that might be profitable and profitable to some investors now Again, our standards are very high. Um, we want to come into a market and we want to hit that 1% rule. We have markets where we hit that 1% rule uh, time and time again. So for me to leave a market where I, I, I'm i familiar with it and it's making 1%, then I'm not interested in anything less than that.
0: Yeah, you. I mean, it's the bar you set and then you have to try to at least be above that bar or, or at that bar to even consider it.
1: Yeah, totally. So I'll give you an example. Um, we're about to close on a 43 unit in the Poconos that between the purchase price and the rehab, the the total is under $5 million. We're getting over $600,000 in net operating income based off of our projections. That is over the 1% rule. Um, That's 1.2% and that was conservative underwriting. So if I can find that uh, 1.2%, I'm not touching 0.7, 0.8%.
0: It just wouldn't make any sense. And if you guys are interested, we do have an entire podcast where we break down all the numbers and everything that goes into that 43-unit deal um, that we're just about to start on. It's going to be super fun to see that come to fruition.
1: Oh, yeah. If you guys follow me at all, you're definitely going to be getting that deal rammed down your throat. It's my baby. Uh, I can't wait to start working on it. And if you guys have any markets you want us to check out that you're like, wow, this is a hot market. I'm thinking about getting in on it let us know, we'll do more analysis, we'll do more episodes like this and and kind of break them down and see what we can find. Uh, Keep in mind, some markets are different than others, they're not all made equal, so there are markets where you might not have as much cash flow, but you're gonna get more appreciation just as you would in the long-term rental market. Uh, That's gonna be the case for Florida, for Hawaii, for a lot of these popular vacation destinations, Um, and we're willing to take more of a hit on the 1% rule if we're gonna see more appreciation in that market. I see Tennessee much like I see the Poconos or Philadelphia um, in the sense that it, it is a developing market, but appreciation is kind of a bonus and cash flow is the main target for us uh, and Tennessee should be no different.
0: Yep, that hits it right in the head. Um, real quick, let's go into legality of Chattanooga. Is there any sort of permit or restrictions they put on STR or anything like that? Yeah, man. So Chattanooga is also a problem. Um, oh, yeah. Unlike the Poconos in
1: Philadelphia where you get almost double the returns and not nearly as much regulatory fear. <laughs> um, uh, Philly, Philly's in question, but Philly just pushed theirs back, and who knows what's going to happen with those. It sounds like they could still be getting pushed back further from there. There's a big advocacy group. But in Chattanooga, they did put a, memora- a moratorium to extend it to January 23rd, which is good, meaning they're not going to do anything with it. Um, But the problem is that the moratorium does not say, pause, we're going to take some time to think about this and we'll get back to you, carry on. It's, hey, pause, there's going to be no new short-term rentals, we're not issuing any new permits, and we might have to pause what's going on there in general, and uh, you might not be able to operate for nine months until we make a decision, and if, if anyone knows anything about bureaucracy... Um, nothing gets done as fast as they say and you're very likely to not get a decision in that nine months and if your livelihood and your rental income is in jeopardy it's just not a place I would want to be
0: yeah it's super scary for anybody who has a place there now and then uh, is there any grandfathering in with that or not at all
1: so it does It does say that there's no new applications so there, there might be some wiggle room there uh, again I'm not a Chattanooga expert um, I am. I do have a degree in Google University. Uh, I did do some research, but you just got to be careful. Just like in any market, you want to be as up to date as you can on the regulations before getting in. Uh, I always encourage people to look for commercial or uh, resort zone properties that are going to be good no matter what, or to invest in places that the regulators have already hammered down and made a ruling like hey this is what you are allowed to do you can have so many guests you can rent so many nights i I would much rather know the rules of the game than enter a game where the rules can change at any time
0: that's yeah it's it's a smart move to be able to you know because you you don't just look at what the place is doing now or has done previously you have to look at what it will do and then you know the regulations that could potentially go into effect in in really any market because there's a lot of markets where it's sort of switching up the game with, with these rules coming into place.
1: Yeah, totally. And that's, that's the beauty of short-term rentals is there is a lot more risk in that market. There's a, a lot of that risk is baked in and there's a discrepancy in what you can get. So even though you're taking some more risk, the reward you can get is vastly higher. Um, and the market just has that misprice right now. Uh, you have to be careful and not hop into something where you're just going to get gouged. But at the end of the day, um, it's totally worth pursuing short-term rentals.
0: Oh, for sure. Um, let's jump into Gatlinburg? Gatlinburg?
1: I would love to, Mike. My voice is getting tired and it is your turn to spill the beans on what is going on here in Gatlinburg. So I guess the first thing I would like to, to ask you about Gatlinburg is if you can just tell me about Gatlinburg a little bit.
0: Um, so Gatlinburg is basically just a, a big old mountain town. Um, and some would call it the gateway to the Smoky Mountains. Um, as they're very close to the Smoky Mountains. And for um, any of you who don't know, Smoky Mountains in Tennessee, just huge mountain range, and people do all sorts of things on it. Um, when vacationing, people, you know, find themselves horseback riding, zip lining, whitewater rafting, fishing. Um, We're just taking scenic car rides or just walks through the Smoky Mountains just to get that sort of vibe and get away from the city or wherever they come from. Um, It is noted that the best time to go is between June and August to see all the the, uh, flowers and things. I thought you
1: were going to say smoke. Um, (laughs) I have driven through the Smoky Mountains. It is definitely scenic and quite a ride to enjoy. Uh, I just do, you'll still need to stay there at some point I, I haven't stayed in probably about a decade. I'm getting old man um okay, well, I have been there before and have seen some of the houses, but the game has changed. it's a new market. Tell me about the houses
0: there um, most of them are just your typical single family house, but um the big thing there is just that cabin vibe, so you'll see a lot of just um these big old log cabins stationed on the side of these mountains with these beautiful scenic views. Um, there's there's nothing better than it honestly um you know just up being secluded up in the mountains just you in the mountains in the air yeah i
1: definitely agree that you're going to get that retreat there it does seem very similar to the poconos market just a a pricier version and obviously you have some really sick mountain ranges and things to do so uh that market is definitely interesting the retreat that you get uh tell me a little more about the style of these houses and kind of what you would expect walking into a short-term rental there
0: i it, it's pretty much everything that we talk about, um, similar to the poconos market. Um, everything's just super cabin-like. Um, all the good stuff and the new stuff is, is modern fixtures and appliances. You know, we still see the same thing we see in the poconos with the exposed beams. Um, just, you know, the, the wood lining the entire wall, the fireplaces, just things like that. Just your typical, like, picturesque cabin in the woods.
1: So you're telling me, like, this is where I find those super Instagrammable houses. and Yes, where this I- is
0: exactly where you find those.
1: Okay, cool, because, oh, man, I need a vacation. Uh, maybe <laughs> I should check out Gatlinburg, but I'm going to ask you about the prices first before we, before we just make any hasty uh, decisions and, and book a trip. Uh, as far as the development there, um, I'd love to hear what you think about it. I have spoken to a developer in that, that area before. These guys build these new construction houses, and they, they pre-sell no problem. Um, it's, it's a crazy hot market. What, what kind of prices are we seeing there, Mike? Um, what, is, what is your take on the development?
0: Um, a lot of the new stuff is done very well um, from what I've been seeing on Zillow and, and other places. Um, but a lot of it's new, and they spend a lot of money and time to do it. Um, but it's, it's super expensive. Um, and, and I say expensive, and I compare it to the Poconos because the Poconos is, is a very similar market to it. But the prices on these houses are way less in the Poconos as they are to Gatlinburg. Give me an example. Compare two houses. Like a, a four bedroom house in the Poconos would be somewhere about, let's say three fifty or higher to four hundred k, and then a place in Gatlinburg would be closer to five six hundred k for a four bedroom. Five
1: six hundred k for a four bedroom. I want you to send me one of those. I, I can only imagine the the way that they are uh, set up with with the modern finishes you said. I would love to see some of those. So, super cool. Um, now, what kind of numbers are we seeing there? Like, what what size houses are we seeing there? What am I expecting to pay when I go in? Um, just break break it all down for me.
0: So the idea would probably be that you're going to go in with a few friends, you know, four, five, six friends. Um, you're going to stay at, you know, one of the nicer places, which I call the top tier listings. Um, for something like that, it's going to be five or six bedrooms, four or five or six bedrooms. And you're paying anywhere from 450 to 500 plus a night. And for paying that, and what justifies that, is you're going to get the, the wood cabin feel. You're going to get the secluded feel, the amazing views. You're going to get hot tubs, saunas you name it you're getting it at these places
1: so i'm paying a pretty good premium to to hang out in the hot tub with with my friends and uh overlook the mountains i can understand that um who wouldn't want to do that now at 500 dollars a night let's say you're booked 100 percent of the time you are getting about fifteen thousand dollars in gross revenue um you said these houses are like 600 to $800,000. Um, those sound like good numbers but I said 15000 on 100% occupancy. What kind of occupancy are we seeing there,
0: Mike? We're seeing close to the 70 75%. Um, in the lower seasons, it drops down mm, just about
1: 65%. Okay, so we're still looking at about ten dollars to $12,000 gross. If, if we can get that house for, I'd say, $700,000 or, or less, then we might actually be in a good spot. Um how feasible do you think that is Mike for me to find a house that price that's renting for that much
0: I think honestly from what I've been seeing your move there and then what you should do would probably be find a place that needs a little bit of work to fix up um something you know below market value and then just put a little bit of work into it put some nice furniture and design work into it I have a guy if you need guys lab creates look them up they're great um they'll fix your house right up make it look shiny um yeah get a place, fix it up a little bit, and run it out. So
1: it sounds like the, the move to make there is the Burr B&B method uh, and then just find a sick design team like Lab Creates Design. Uh, that makes sense. I, I don't hate that strategy. Uh, I've seen people use it, and it works really well. Uh, so cool. So it sounds like we did find a market that might be feasible here in Tennessee, uh, and that is Gatlinburg. I, it's been on a lot of people's radar for a lot of time. People send me these listings. It's a cool place. I'm not gonna I'm not going to argue with that.
0: Yeah, I mean from what I've been seeing it's it's you know your ideal retreat place. Just like uh, just like the Poke or any any other place. Um,
1: but before I get too deep and get excited about my Bird B and B, tell me about the legality, Mike.
0: So let me see, I have a bunch of notes on legality here. Um, but from what I've been seeing it's it's pretty good. They are pretty green. Um it's all all it is is anybody wishing to um, short term rent their place, they failed a little application um, I believe it was 175 per year, um, plus a few fees, depending on how many bedrooms you have, um, for them to come out and just check it out. Um, other than that, you're, you're good to go, you're running out as much as you want. Um, and it's yeah, it's just that, that permit application process you have to go through.
1: It's cool that they have site inspections too. I, I know this market is a little older, a little more senior, and it sounds like they've already kind of done their regulatory process and that it's in place. So that, going back to what we talked about earlier in the episode, is a good sign um, to be somewhere that they've already made a decision.
0: Yeah, they've sort of built a place and, and made it around the the purpose of just you know vacationing there. So they they want people to be able to do it. Um, and then you know they'll just do their little two hundred dollar fee each year, and that's that's pretty much it. Not too bad. Okay, Mike. Sounds like we have to go down to Gat- Gatlinburg
1: and really uh, dive in deeper on this market and uh, see what we can find in Gatlinburg or sayersville YouTube video coming soon, maybe. Uh, I don't mind. I'll <laughs> allow it. Uh, anything else you want to add on Gatlinburg? Um, I got to get there. It's pretty much all I can say about it. Okay, cool. So we will, uh, we will see you guys in Gatlinburg soon. Um, but I don't have much else for you today. Uh, just that I'm sorry if I broke your heart with my review of Nashville. Remember that everything I say is not fully guaranteed and, and made of gold. So do your own due diligence. Check it out. Uh, And if you have any other markets, let us know. But other than that, be sure to live free. And JD signing off.
0: Catch you guys later.